0: Welcome to the Hustle Sainly podcast, a show that equips you to get organized and boldly pursue your wildest dreams. Around here, we believe it is totally possible to pursue our goals without feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, or sacrificing our mental health and relationships. I'm your host, Jess Massey. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Hustle Sanely podcast. Today's episode is super special, and I'm so excited because it is my very first show that is not a solo episode. I don't have just one guest. I have three other business-owning babes with me today, and we're actually together in real life. We are on a workcation, which is work- plus vacation. Um, And we are just spending some time together in Blue Ridge, Georgia in a beautiful cabin tucked up on the side of a mountain. And it has been glorious. We are currently sitting next to a fire, sipping our coffee, and we are ready to get into your questions. I asked you guys over on Instagram, which if you're not following me, you can go check me out over at at Jess M. Massey. I do lots of podcast call for questions over there. Um, So I asked y'all if you had any questions for us and you guys came through. You sent us so many good questions, but we narrowed it down to five. So we're going to jump into this episode. Fair warning, it's probably going to be a little bit longer than my normal episodes, but totally worth it. All the information you're going to get is going to be super valuable, so let's go ahead and dive in. Before we answer your questions, I am going to have the girls go around and introduce themselves so you know who you're listening to. Hey friends, my
1: name is Elle Cardell, and I am the founder of Daughter of Delight, which is an online women's ministry that exists to provide daily devotionals and gospel-centered resources to the everyday woman. I live in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And I'm so excited to be here.
2: Hello, my name is Carson Murray. You might have seen me if you follow Jess. I am her VA and I live right outside of Tampa and I'm excited to be on the podcast today.
3: Hello, my name is Claire Clousing, and I, as of two weeks ago, run a design and website design company called Blooming Design Co. I am originally from the middle of Illinois, but moved to Tampa almost three years ago. And yeah, I'm super excited to be here. All right, y'all, we are going to dive right into your questions. So the very first
0: question that we are all going to answer for you is what made you finally take steps to be your own boss and take that leap? so if you listened to episode one a couple weeks back you have probably already heard my story but i'll give you a little summary here now so i was in grad school pursuing a degree in speech language pathology while running my online business hustle sanely where i sell digital planners and it got to the point where i did not have enough capacity to do both things well Both of them were taking up a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, and there's just no way that I could have continued on running both of them at the same time, so I had to make a choice, and after a lot of prayer, a lot of talking with my husband, and a little bit of wine with Carson here in Georgia, I decided that I wanted to pursue hustle sanely, full-time, and leave grad school. So that's kind of how I took the steps to be my own boss. It was a gradual thing, I would say, um, because my business, I started my business while in grad school with no intention of leaving grad school, but it just kind of picked up and I had to make that choice because, like I said, I was one person and I couldn't do both things well anymore. So That is kind of how I got to the place that I am today.
1: Okay, this is Elle, and for me, I was was also in school when Daughter of Delight became a thing, but I was a theology major, and when the Lord laid the idea of an online women's ministry on my heart, it was something that... I kind of laughed at, if I'm being honest with you, because I felt so ill-equipped for it um, to be the person who did this. So I pulled a Moses on God and said, Lord, I'm so grateful and honored that you thought of me for the job, but I can assure you there's someone better. So because of my ignorance, (laughs) the Lord used a lot of conviction and confirmation from the people around me and the conversations I found myself in to Um, And he won't always do this, but he just gave me green lights in so many different ways. Um, And so the the weight of the conviction for this online ministry that I was supposed to to see through was so heavy on me that it distracted me from my studies. Like it was all I could think about at at some points. And so I finally just realized, you know, what am I waiting for? Fear is the root of this problem. And... Um, fear does not exist in your relationship with the Lord, like God. Fear is not a thing in heaven, and so I shouldn't have let that keep me from pursuing what needed to be pursued. So, conviction and confirmation were all the green lights that I received to pursue Daughter of Delight, and I just had to realize it was about. It wasn't about me. It was about being the catalyst that God was going to use mm-hmm. to ensure that this happened. Good.
0: Did you finish school or did you end up leaving school and doing it so you finished school? And didn't... I did finish okay, school.
1: Cool. And Daughter of Delight never started out as something that I wanted to be my full-time thing. I thought it was just going to be a fun side, side thing. Side gig, yeah. And over the course of the last five years, it has evolved in so many beautiful ways. And the Lord has opened so many doors for it to be where it's at and where it's headed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm That's really awesome. excited. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hello, this is Carson. Uh, so mine, mine was pretty gradual. If you watched the live that we were all on the other day, I kind of already touched on this. Um, but if not, I will gladly retell the story. <laughs> so I was raised by entrepreneurs, um, and I, I kind of always you know, had dreams of owning my own business all, all throughout my life, really. Some of them, looking back, um, I'm really glad did not pan out. <laughs> But I always knew that I didn't want to work for someone else for the rest of my life. I didn't really know what I was going to do. And just by taking um, opportunities and, you know, becoming a, um, I was a brand manager. That's how it started out. I was a brand manager for a company in Tampa and I loved my job, but I disliked having to be at a specific place. At a specific time, (laughs) (laughs) till a specific time, which that might sound kind of uh, entitled, but here's why. It's because I, I became really good at my job and I loved what I did. So I felt like it was unfair to them and unfair to me because I was, I was there for 40 hours a week and I was getting the job done. In way less time than that and kind of just like sitting around the office seeing what else I could do and I didn't have a lot of supervision I was basically the marketing team the social media team the branding team I was all of that so I had people that I needed to kind of you know um, manage as well and just make sure things were going well Um, but other than that I had this idea um, because I realized I was like wow I'm getting good at this I could you know potentially turn this into a business and kind of freelance it. So I um, set up a meeting with them one day and I was really, I was afraid of it. And I, 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 yeah, I basically (laughs) put together a packet. It was a really professional packet and I walked into the office and I pitched myself as a contractor. So I basically asked them to go from a full-time salaried employee and work half the time and get paid less so it was kind of a win-win for them and actually they were really relieved because they thought I was quitting um so uh, so yeah so it worked out well for everyone I didn't know how they would respond to it but I just pitched myself as a contractor they totally went for it I told them my conditions which was really scary I am an Enneagram too I'm a people pleaser so that was very hard um for me to do I told them you know I want to work from home um here's what I'm going to deliver you I'm going to be doing the same job it's going to cost you less and then I was Able to take on more clients as a result of that with also running a business with integrity because if I would have finagled my way somehow and you know tried to become someone else's brain manager, that's a conflict of interest, you mm-hmm. know. So I really wanted to do it um with integrity and that's how I started. And now you're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. I just no. gotta
0: say, yeah.
3: yeah, my, my leap is definitely the most recent. Um, I said in my intro, I've been doing this for two weeks now. Um, so yeah, up until then, up until like two weeks ago, um, I was working at a nonprofit in Tampa doing pretty much what I'm doing now, graphics, web design. And I really loved my job. Um, I felt for maybe like the last couple of months, I felt like God might be saying to me, like, you're actually not supposed to be here, which was crazy because I, I loved my job and it was actually my first job out of college. I'm only 24. So that's, it's like the first thing I've ever really done. Um, so I, I kind of just stayed because it was what I knew. I loved it. I love the people there, <clears throat> but, um, I started sharing with some people that works there, my coworkers, my supervisors that I kind of felt like this tug on my heart and, and I had never wanted to start my own thing. Like kind of opposite of Carson, I love working for other people and I love taking direction and executing things. I'm a doer (laughs) and I love that. So yeah. So starting my own thing was like never anything I had planned on. Um, but as I started like telling people around me, they were also kind of like yeah, we, we see that too. We like think that that's actually true and that God might be calling you to do that. So, so finally a couple of weeks ago, we all just had a conversation and they were like, you know what? You need to be obedient to what God is telling you. You need to do this thing. And so I did. So (laughs) Blooming Design Co. was born two weeks ago and it's still alive, you know? So that's a a celebration. And have a waiting list. And I do. I, it's seriously, it's, it was so God ordained. I have literally had just blessing after blessing after like taking the sleep and following him. I just I needed a little push from him to, to get started, but seriously, <laughs> it has been nothing but confirmation, just like you said, Elle. Nothing but Will do and- it? That's
0: right. <laughs> that's right.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. Okay,
0: so now you guys kind of have a picture of who we are and how we got to where we are today. So the next question that you guys wanted us to answer is Would you have done anything differently in your business owning journey? So I know that Claire and I have something that we want to share. So for me, It would be, and this is hard for me to say because I feel like I'm kind of going through it again, it seems to be a cycle because I haven't really found or I guess acknowledged the root of the problem, so that's kind of what I'm working toward and through right now, Um, but not doing everything all at once and being more intentional about what I do. So I get so excited about stuff. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably see me on my stories and I am called bubbly on Instagram all the time, which is so funny to me. But anyway, I get pumped about stuff and when I get pumped, we doing it and we doing it yesterday. Um, So that is something that I would actually change though, is being a little bit more intentional about how I'm releasing things, how often I'm releasing things, because the way that I see it is if I'm overwhelmed by how much I'm putting out and how much I'm doing. Chances are my audience and my clients are overwhelmed as well. Um, They can't keep up with everything that I'm putting out there, especially if I'm not taking the time to really nurture it before I put it out there. And I'm just kind of throwing it out and like crossing my fingers and then moving on to the next project, throwing it out, onto the next, throwing it out. Like I want to start taking better care of each thing that I'm putting out. Even after I put it out, my biggest thing is I put something out and then I'm like, check done onto the next. And I really am working on doing something well, putting it out and then still going out with it, nurturing it, seeing it through, making sure that it's, you know, growing at the rate that I want it to grow, that it's just where I want it to be. So that is the biggest thing that I would change, is taking my time and being intentional. Don't be afraid to sleep on something. You don't have to act on an idea in the moment. It's actually better if you don't act on an idea in the moment. (laughs) I'm sure. Y'all hear me saying this, so now I need to put it into practice, and we working on it. All right, Claire, I think you said you had something too, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is, uh, I'm sure you've all heard this many times, but I I just want to just say it again, but charging what you're worth I (laughs) I know I'm two weeks in on this journey but you know I was doing this even I was doing web design and branding before two weeks ago I've been doing it for like three years now so I I think I just I come from this mindset of you know at the nonprofit I was at we wanted to give people as much of a discount as possible um and that was awesome and that was you know that was what we wanted to do and I think I just continued that mindset of like Wanting to make things as cheap as possible for people, and while that is helpful in some situations, I don't know. That's not really—it's not fair to me, and it also doesn't really communicate my value to mm-hmm. people. You know, so if I'm not charging what I think I'm worth, like people aren't going to see that and know that they need my services. Um, and also, you deserve it. You know, you're not just—you're not just paying for the couple of hours it takes you to execute something. You're paying. You're charging for the education you've got, the hours you spent practicing that skill, and everything it's taken to that's get so there. True. So, um, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned over the past couple of weeks. Um, tra- you know, trying to figure out my pricing, my mm-hmm. price points. And um, so, yeah, charge what you're worth because yeah. you are worth it. Yes.
0: And energy, too. I feel like the energy yes. that you put mm-hmm. into it, too, because I feel like some types of projects are. Not more draining in a bad way. Like, I don't mean the word drain in a negative way, but it's just they take a lot more out of you, and I think we need to honor that, you know what I mean, whenever we're creating our pricing and Mm -hmm. our packages and things like that. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and to bounce off of that, I would also add, starting out especially, it can be super overwhelming because you've got all the socials, you see all the people Mm -hmm. doing all the things, Um, and my biggest encouragement to anyone listening to this right now, who is in this place is to pick two or three platforms and stick with it. If it's your blog, if it's Pinterest and if it's your email list, then great. That's awesome. If it's Instagram, if it's Pinterest and if it's Facebook, awesome, then do it girl. But don't do all the things all at once. I think it's important to hold the standard of doing all things with excellence um, mm-hmm. over our heads, but excellence does not equal perfection, mm-hmm. and to strive for perfection is very unre- unrealistic goal. And so, if we're trying to do all the things at the same time, like I don't, I don't think we're giving or doing our excellence with all all the things. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that there's any way we can because we're one person. Can
0: you just at me next time? Yeah, or... <laughs> <laughs> my heart the whole time was like. I need this. She's <laughs> yeah. talking to me. Yeah. I love and then that.
1: also the other thing I would say is starting out, I remember thinking there are people who are already doing this God. Like why, yeah. what do I have to offer that is so special? And that was just a completely like, that was a complete mindset shift for me. But the Lord taught me that there is room for everyone at the table and we're all going to serve different people. And that's a good thing. There are over 8 billion people in the world. So if you see someone doing the same thing,
2: give them a round of applause and say, I will see you yes, at the table, yes. sister. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, I would just say to say no more. Honestly, oh, yes. I would just, I mean, say yes to the opportunities that you want to be a part of. And even the opportunities that you say yes to that you think are going to be good, you might find out that you don't like that thing or that thing's not for you. Um, so I would say yes to learning new things, but definitely say no to things that, you know, you feel like are definitely not going to move the needle forward. Um, whether that be like, um, the education you consume, um, Mm -hmm. the emails you sign up for, uh, the advice that people want to give you just say, I would definitely say no to more things to protect
0: myself. Yeah. I love that you said protect. I feel like Um, whenever you were saying, say no more, it was making me think like, use our yeses strategically. Like we're so quick to just like throw them Mm -hmm. out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I love that. Okay. All right. So our next question, this one was asked so many times, how do you decide what to spend money on in the beginning? So like when you're first starting out and you're overwhelmed and there's so much that you could spend your money on, how do you decide where to allocate your funds? Okay, so I will go first, even though Claire and I just played Nose Goes, and she
2: <laughs> um, So we, you didn't see our Nose Goes game, but I definitely won. Um, so this is Carson, and I am going to talk about the very popular topic, and I say popular because I feel like we all probably exist on social media in one capacity or another, and if you exist on any social media platform, you have seen online education. And I'm very, very, very passionate about online education. I'll give you a little bit of background. I never finished school. School was not for me. Um, I wanted school to be for me because it looked really solid and like a sound game plan. And I like having a plan. I like really loathe not having a plan. Shout out to God. Um, (laughs) But I was sitting in a parking lot. I was in the worst semester. I had just gone through an awful breakup. I'm sitting in a bank parking lot, and I feel God tell me, you don't need school for what I need you to do, okay? And then my dad, who literally signed me up for college, drove me to college, signed me up, went to orientation with me, wanted me to be a nurse. He meant well, okay, but I am definitely not nurse material. (laughs) Um, He called me right after that and said, hey, I want you to take a couple semesters off of school. Wow. And I was like, "Whoa!" Those were words I literally from my heavenly father and from my physical father. <laughs> uh, and so I'm not saying drop out of school. I know that worked for Jess, and I was there, and it really worked for her. Trust me, it works for her. Um, but <laughs> if school is what you're passionate about, cool. But look, you can go to school and still do online education like courses as well. Okay, mm-hmm. so listen to this with like an open heart. Um, so I'm really passionate about online education. Uh, personally, I've invested more in my education than probably any other tool in my business, to be completely honest with you. My husband this year wanted to get me a MacBook Pro. And if anyone has a MacBook Pro, you know how much that is. And I chose instead to invest in an online, um, an online brand, uh, for marketing that I really trust, which was just as much as that computer. So I've made a lot of sacrifices. <laughs> um, I'm still working off of Adele. Um, my Dell. friends make fun Dell. of me. <laughs> uh, my friends make fun of me, but I really believe in the right education. And so that's what I wanna to touch on now too. So I truly believe um, in investing in the right online education. So let's let's use what I do for instance. So I like marketing and copywriting as well as social media. So with that being said, marketing and copywriting is my main focus. So I sought out to, um, continually educate myself so that I'm more valuable to my clients and so that I can really help them. Right. Um, and with that being said, when I chose to, um, invest in education and I I'm not talking about a little bit like I, I, between now and next year, I will invest 10 grand Mm -hmm. in my, in my Mm -hmm. education, um, from online courses. Uh, so how much money am I making? Really? Zero percent. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, but check out the credibility Mm -hmm. of these brands and of, because there are so many courses I've helped four women launched courses this year and I have believed in every single one of them and I believe that there's there's so much value um, to be had from you know people that are out there pouring into these courses and giving you education on specific topics but at at the same time and in the same breath there are a lot of women out there um, just kind of giving you some very fluffy fluff, Mm -hmm. some very fluffy fluff Mm -hmm. in order to make passive income. Right. So here's, here's a good way to, to measure who you buy from. My rule of thumb is if they are not willing to do something community-based like Jess does. So Jess had, you know, her one-on-one calls and her Facebook community, if they're not willing to do that and they just kind of want to throw something at you and it's like a DIY because how many of us have purchased a course and not completed it mm-hmm. a lot of us everyone here <laughs> a lot of everyone here so if it's not community based or if they're forever preaching to you about a quick overnight success tactic or if they're constantly talking about creating passive income the chances are is the course you're buying from them is their source of
3: passive mm-hmm. income and that is all wow <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah So I, I really wanted to answer this question because I am literally in the middle of trying to figure out what do I need right now as I am getting started. And I, I'm literally like, I'm literally starting with $0 in my bank account. So like, so everything I've invested, you know, has been, you know, my own personal Mm -hmm. like funds so far. Um, so I guess the, like the first thing I kind of ask myself, like, what do I actually need for my industry, for what I'm doing? Like, what are, what are the priority things that I need? So, like, I'm a web designer. I probably need a website. Probably. <laughs> probably. I need to invest, that in, invest in that. And, you know, I'm also a designer. So I probably need the Adobe Creative Suite to function. Um, I just, I need that as a person <laughs> for my own <laughs> life. But I need that for my job. So I kind of decided those were, those were two things I really needed. And then um, I kind of asked like, what do I know about myself? Where are my shortcomings? So I am, I've said this, I'm a doer, I'm an executor, and I am just really not great at like, big picture project management and like client experience. And like, I had a project manager at my previous job. So I knew I would need something like that, a project management system to like automate a lot of my processes because I'm only one person and I only have so many hours in the day. So am I going to spend all my time like, you know, check, sorting through emails and sending scheduler things and then sending an invoice when I could have something automate that? It's, it's actually probably worth it for me to invest money in something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, really like the creative cloud and my website and a, and a project management system are like, what I've <clears throat> mainly invested in so far. Um, and then I i literally actually have a list of things that I want for my business in, in my Trello app <laughs> I'm looking at right now. It's like, there's so many things that I want, but now I've kind of turned those things into goals. And like, mm-hmm. once I make it so far, like that will be a reward that my business gets for like, you know, for doing well and for and for pushing through. So like, I want like Canva Pro and I want some sort of email marketing thing and tailwind to push out pins. And I want an iPad so that I can doodle pretty things like Jess. I'm like, <laughs> there's all these things that I want, but I can actually make do with what the few things that I have right now. So I'm going to do that. And the things that I want are going to be stuff that I work towards in my business.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's important too, to kind of pay attention to what kind of business you're running. Like yeah, Claire didn't totally. need an iPad right off the bat. Right. I create digital planners that you use right. on an iPad. Like <laughs> yeah. an iPad is a need for my business. Right. So just because one type of business needs something doesn't mean totally. your business totally. needs
3: something. And I'm a web designer and I'm going to I'm going to tell you. I'm going to put my put myself out, out there. You don't need a website for every single thing you're doing. Are they fantastic and do a lot of people need them? Yes, but not every single person does. So keep that in mind and you can still be official and professional without a website
2: i was right like, was. Like, we're, yeah. we're on two opposite ends of the spectrum right now like honestly i've operated my entire business up until this point because this angel claire next <laughs> um she is going to create me a website but i've ran the last six months of my mm-hmm. business investing strictly mm-hmm. in education
3: mm-hmm. um and she's turning people down over here yeah. she's so booked oh god you are <laughs> Hey, really quick,
0: before we finish up this episode, I wanted to ask you for a favor. Can you please head on over to iTunes and rate and review the podcast? My team and I put so much work into creating it for y'all every single week, and it would mean the world to us to get your feedback. Oh, and guess what? Once a month, I choose a reviewer to send just a little thank you to. It could be a free coaching call with me, a tea from the merch shop, or a digital planner. So. Press pause, go leave us a raving review, and then imagine me hugging you right through your phone screen. All right, let's get back into the show. Okay, so our next question is, how do you juggle responsibilities of both personal life and business? AKA, how do you hustle sanely, if you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, so y'all know that I'm super passionate about this because I crashed and burned in the past. I put my work ahead of my mental health, my relationships, and it was not awesome. Um, I was kind of a shell of a human. I was exhausted from the inside out, and all of my family and friends, like, Carson and I didn't speak for, like, a year, not because anything bad happened, like, between us. Like, there wasn't a specific event that happened. I was just so in over my head with being in grad school and working two jobs and trying to, like figure out how to manage my time well. Um, And And I
2: cried when you told me happy birthday.
0: Yeah, she really (laughs) did. (laughs) She remembers I exist. No, but I was just so, and it wasn't, here's the thing. I wasn't even bad at time management. I am so passionate about time management. Hello, like I have a whole program teaching you how to manage your time well but I didn't know how to say no and I thought I could do everything and I was horrible at creating boundaries for myself because I didn't know where my priorities were. I thought everything was a priority and when you think everything is important, nothing is important. I'm sure you guys have seen that on Pinterest on a little flowery quote or something, but it's so true. So for me, I had to create actual tangible boundaries in order for me to kind of shift From one headspace to another. So for me, that looks like I end my work days. I do not work later than 7 p.m. ever, and I work from home. So it's really easy. My office is right next to our bathroom. So I can just walk to the bathroom, like peek in my office, see my computer sitting there, and like be so tempted to go in and answer like one quick email, which turns into sitting at your desk for three hours. These girls know. It's what happens. Um, So a physical or a tangible boundary that I had to create is shutting my door to my office at 7 p.m. So when I shut that door, something kind of clicks in my brain and I'm like, okay, work mode is off. And my husband holds me accountable. So that's my second thing that I would say to when you're creating boundaries is get your loved ones involved. They they want to hold you accountable, trust me, because the time that you're spending with them, you want to be fully present with them. And the way to do that is to create those tangible boundaries. So I would say that is how I juggle responsibilities of both personal life and business is creating Tangible boundaries, not just saying like, oh, I'm going to spend more time with my husband or I'm going to spend more time with my friends, but actually like creating plans around those things. And something that I talked about with my counselor is actually building those plans first in your calendar, putting time in with your loved ones first and building your work around that because it's so easy to do it the other way around. Um, So that is kind of where I'm at with juggling responsibilities of personal life and business right now. You really just took
1: the words out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Um, I totally want to reiterate the tangible boundary thing. One of my favorite things about I also work from home. And in addition to daughter of July, I run a wedding business and I'm a virtual assistant part time. So I, I am wearing a lot of hats in this season and it is really, really, really easy for me to neglect my relationships, to neglect my marriage and focus completely on all of my work at hand because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I love all the things that I do and it's so it's easy to do them but one of my favorite things about working from home has been learning how to establish those tangible mm-hmm. boundaries and even if you don't have a spouse or someone living with you this is still a hundred percent possible it is just a mindset shift so for me our bedroom is upstairs my office is downstairs and that was an intentional decision mm-hmm. because there's something about that separation yep. that makes it easier for me to let it go at the end of the day and walk upstairs, be done and spend time with my husband. So yes to the tangible boundaries, definitely be thinking about those. And then also I just want to preach just a little bit because I think John ten ten is like, that's the verse that we were talking about. This question I was like, y'all John 10, 10, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you're trying to find balance that is just not working for you, where is the abundance in that? Mm -hmm. Satan wants us to be so distracted by our work, by the things that we enjoy, that we neglect the most important things, like our family, our friendships, our marriage, and most importantly, the relationship we we have with our Creator. Mm -hmm. So I just really want to encourage you... To establish those boundaries, pick your priorities, and there's a dog in the house, y'all, yeah. and she's real cute right now. She's a diva. She runs the cabin. She really does. She really does. <laughs> but just remember that God has intended for us to have a life of abundance, and but in order for that to happen, he has to be at the head of it all. Right. And then
0: that's where our priorities flow through. So right. yeah. I'm super passionate about making sure that you guys know that we weren't created to operate from a place of chaos. Like right. that is truly why right. I created the six week hustle Stanley coaching program is because it took me so long because you hear these kinds of tips and strategies and you're like, okay, cool. And then you sit down to try to put them in place. And it can be overwhelming because you're like, okay, good for her. But like, I have all of this stuff on my plate. Like how am I supposed to actually navigate this and implement what they're saying? Um, this is a plug I will say, but the first week of my program is totally free. And what it does is kind of help you with that mindset shift. Like the first two weeks of my program, um, help you just kind of get your head right, figure out which priorities your time should be spent on in this season keywords in this season because your priorities are going to shift. They're going to change depending on where you're at in life. And that's normal and that's okay. And that's good. Um, But then weeks three and four, we dig hardcore into really picking apart those priorities and plugging in ones that should be there and getting rid. And it's hard work, y'all, getting rid of ones that shouldn't be there and that are taking up your time and your energy And then week five, we dig into finding a planning um, routine that works for you. So like I use digital planning and Google Calendar. I know Carson loves Asana and she has a paper planner as well. So there's just different kinds of techniques that you can use to get your planning out of your head and onto some sort of something. Um, And then week six, we talk about showing yourself grace and just Being okay when things don't go according to plan and kind of how to handle that. Um, So I did want to mention that if time management and just getting your priorities right is something that you are truly struggling with, you can, I'll make sure in the show notes to have a link to that program. Like I said, the first week is totally free so you can just check it out. Maybe it is for you, maybe it isn't, but I feel like I'm doing y'all a disservice if I don't tell you that it's out there because I put my heart and soul into that.
2: Yeah, before Jess ever created the program, I was kind of her guinea pig. This is Carson, by the way. Um, I was kind of her guinea pig. I, the cutest
0: guinea pig I ever Yes, yes the <laughs> cutest guinea pig.
2: Um, this was before she even had, like, before you even had the idea for the program. Mm. Um, you're welcome. I might have been uh, <laughs> the, the, the inspiration because I was a neurotic mess. But um, I think this is cool because I actually had the opposite. Problem of Jess and L, and this is why I needed the problem. So I am an Enneagram two. Shout out to any Enneagram number out there, actually, um, and anyone who loves Enneagram. But so I'm, I'm an Enneagram two, which means that we tend to favor the relationships in our lives um, way more than anything else. Relationships are my priority. I've always, you know, led community groups, been heavily involved in stuff. Um, And so I had a really hard time focusing on work because I would say no to my work in order to show up and serve other people. Um, And that was very distracting for me. And I had a very heavy workload because I was shifting into kind of becoming my own boss and you know managing my time. And I could not figure out for the life of me why I was working till 12 p.m. and why I couldn't get stuff done. And I told Jess... Um, because you know, she's my best friend, so I was just like really venting to her and crying. And I showed up at her doorstep, she like blocked out an hour of time for me.
0: I'm In not the middle y'all. of a work day. Y'all. Listen, I am three. That's
2: a I'm one of her best friends and she still has to block out time, time for me when it's not scheduled, okay? There is no impromptu impromptu things. Um, no, so anyways, I, I asked her if she, I was like, please just give me an hour. I'm losing my mind. Like my marriage is suffering. I, and so full disclosure, when I say I'm obsessed with relationships, like my marriage didn't count. Like I'll just be very vulnerable and tell you that I don't, we like Enneagram twos don't treat the relationships that we feel safe in, like our marriage with other relationships. Um, just look that up. Um, fun, fun, fun stuff. (laughs) So I showed up at her house, and I was telling her, and, you know, she straight up told me, she was like, we're not going to vent about this. I feel like you've already done it. We need to get some work done. And I was like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Um, So then, um, you know, she just walked me through it, and she really showed me that – I was saying yes to too many people, too many coffee dates that I thought were good, too many networking things, too many, too many relationships. I was saying yes to too many relationships and not enough yeses to like scheduling out my work. So I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here. So if you're like, if you have that kind of problem, the program is also good for that because that's what it was first used on. Yeah. Carson is the
3: backbone of the program. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, I wasn't even going to answer this question because, I, you know, I'm super early on in this whole owning a business thing. Um, but actually, like, I know myself and I know that f- I focus on the strength finder is my number one strength focus and so when I am in on a task actually my husband knows he cannot talk to me like he can but I won't respond like I am just zeroed in and he knows that he just it's like it's futile to try to like talk to me or anything he knows he just has to let me go and finish whatever it is that is in my brain because yeah because he won't get anything from me so so I know myself and I know that (laughs) I know that I don't have very good boundaries, even like in the first couple weeks. So like this, Jess and I did not talk about this. I haven't told her this yet, but I like am highly actually considering taking that, the course because I'm not there yet. We're like, my marriage is suffering or my friends are suffering. I'm not there yet, but I have seen it happen to other people mm. and I don't want to get there. Preventative preventative, girl. <laughs> yes. like, which is a big yeah. yeah. deal for me. It's, so. like, it's like the Botox of the working
0: world. <laughs> wow. You know, <laughs> that's no, what my I program is the know. Botox of the Workforce. Yes, world? okay, cool. I mean, uh, maybe we okay, marketing so meeting good. after this podcast. Okay. I, guess <laughs>
3: getting, I guess I'm getting Botox, guys. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all, and we're gonna wrap it up here with one more question. And the final question is if we could give one piece of advice for someone starting from scratch, what would it be? my biggest piece of advice would be don't think you need the best of everything to get started so the two things that you really need to know in order to get started is who you're serving and how you're serving them i did not get a camera until right before we went to YouTube. no for the program i got the camera for the program so that i could record video up until that point I was taking all of my product photos with my iPhone, every video that I ever put up for YouTube, like all my digital planning tutorials, I was using an iPhone. My husband built me a tripod out of a drum stand. Like we took (laughs) apart his drum set and used duct tape. That is so awesome. To like make (laughs) like a tripod that could go over top of my desk. You know what I mean? Hustle sanely, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, man. (laughs) You got to get scrappy when you're starting. And like... That's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like when you start scrappy, it makes you like, you're like, do I really need to spend my money on that? Like It makes you kind of think about things rather than just throwing it out into the wind and just buying all the things. So that would be my number one piece of advice is don't let not having the best of the best equipment be a hindrance to you. Start with what you've got. Be okay starting small because you're going to progress. That's good. I... Not to
1: toot our own horns, but for me, I wish that I would have known all of the things that we have shared in this podcast episode with you. It's so true. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. Honest to goodness. Like, I'm, it's, I, it's, I would, yes, I, I wish I would have known those things because it would have saved me so much stress and so many tears mm-hmm. and... Like, this is very valuable information, and it is such a good reminder for all of us, too, that we're sharing this with each Mm -hmm. other and with you all, um, the listeners. But also, just a reminder, like, God created work to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. He didn't create it for it to lead to burnout and exhaustion for us to be sick and all of those Mm -hmm. things, and it's really easy to idolize the things that we love when we're good at them, and that can be our work for some of us because some of us are fortunate to have jobs that... We love, yeah, it. <laughs> it's, it's so true. So, just remember, like, those boundaries are so, so, so important.
2: Okay. I don't know how I'm going to follow that. <laughs> 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 she, she ended that and pointed at me way too quickly. <laughs> I think what I'm going to say and share is it's been my motto. Um, it's been my motto for quite some time because I've had the privilege, and I'm. This is by no means so. Like what Elle just said, every business owner, if they were sitting in the circle. Whether they started their business two weeks ago, like Claire, or, you know, five years ago, like you and Daughter of Delight. Yeah. um, They wish that they could go back and probably do some things differently and change some things and, you know, receive this kind of advice. So I've had the privilege of working for all different business owners. I also was raised by two business owners. So I look around at all the people around me and... Um, Not you, Jess. You do things amazingly. (laughs) Um, I spend a lot of time with her. She really is an inspiration. I'm not kidding. Okay. But I've I've worked for other people and also looking at my parents and I've just seen, I've just seen kind of like a lot of disarray. Um, and so my motto that I've adopted is do small things well with great intention. Um, because when you don't do things well, it it, it not only affects you and, and the integrity of your work and the people that are going to receive that, but also the people that, um, and we don't have any employees, right? Well, I guess I'm your employer, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I don't consider you an employee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I've seen how that affects the chain of, um, of leadership, right? I've seen that how that affects people's um, work lives and so just doing small things well from the beginning and, instead of trying to do big things. And and that also goes back to, um, there's this quote that says, direction is better than speed. And I try to keep that in mind too because, and the reason that I, I practice all this is because it's my greatest downfall. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not intentional about this, I, I don't, you can ask probably Claire. Um, <laughs> you can ask Claire. I don't do any, I am not good at doing anything on a small scale. Um, in fact, most of the time I think I run my wild through other people's wisdom. Yes, I was hoping you would say that. Yeah, I do. I run my wild through other people's wisdom Mm because my ideas, like Claire said, Claire's a doer, okay? (laughs) And I'm a big dreamer also. I'm a doer. I have to do things. But I'm a big dreamer. I'm a big picture person. But sometimes my big picture, I give to someone like Claire and she's like, Oh, my God, no. <laughs> we can't do that, you dream it, and then I say, okay, so, Carson, what's
3: realistic? Yeah, so I
2: need people to give me what's realistic. So my biggest piece of advice is do small things well, and yeah. don't discount the small stuff, because mm-hmm. the small stuff mm-hmm. lays the foundation for the bigger stuff. 100%. And what's that 100%. scripture? Um, John ten ten. Pastor L. Um, no. The, <laughs> oh, my God. The, <laughs> Preacher L. Preacher L. No, it's, um, you know, when the Lord, he who can be trusted with small things
0: um she's looking you can off. be
1: trusted with little luke 16 10 yeah
2: he whoever is faithful with very little will
1: also be faithful mm. with much yeah. yeah that's real good mm-hmm.
3: that's good okay yeah i was okay. just gonna i talked about it a little bit in my in my answer about um <clears throat> priority juggling that i have been able to like see other you know watch and like see other women in their time management and that's the thing that I would say is get yourself around other people who are maybe not doing the exact same thing you're doing, but are, if you're a female entrepreneur, get yourself around other female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And and I think an important piece of that is get yourself around female entrepreneurs who are further ahead of you. Because yeah. I literally, the, the I cannot even tell you the things I have learned from the women sitting in this room right now and how different... My business would probably look today if I did not know Jess and Carson and now Elle for five days. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it would look so much different. And I have learned so much from them. So many, like, I've seen, you know, I've seen them make mistakes and I've seen, you know, I've seen that. But I have also seen them do like so many good things. And I'm like, yes, that, you know, I want to incorporate that thing into my business. How do I, how do I dream that up for me? Mm -hmm. So I just think that is so important. And, Get yourself a community that's going to cheer you on, and because yeah, that's so, all. <laughs> well, you get to
2: you get to see each other's vulnerabilities yeah. too. Like you get to hear each other's fears, and that lets you know that you're not alone, totally. right? Totally. You know, like if we just all sat here and been like, "We're good, we're good, we're good," <laughs> instead of being great. like, instead of being like, "Hey, I compared myself to this person yeah. the other day. I'm not doing good today. Like, I just need to speak that, yep. so you know, true. and just yeah. like have a safe space to confess." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm weird businessy things right. too. Like, hey, I think I'm gonna quit doing what I'm doing and um go apply for a job tomorrow. Yeah. Um who said that yesterday? What? <laughs> we all I mean it's true, we all
0: think it. Like we all wanna quit at some
2: point. Like it's not fun all the time. Yeah.
0: So. And we weren't created to do life alone. That's something yeah. that I actually yeah. struggle with is I get in the zone with my work and I could shut myself in my office mm-hmm. and work for days and days Same. and days Same. the only time I would leave is to get a snack avocado toast probably <laughs> and to go to the bathroom and mm-hmm. Carson is the person in my life who holds me accountable to make sure that I am in community with people and it has completely changed my business like internally like actually how I'm running my business and it's also changed the type of content that I'm creating and putting out there because it's just being around other people makes you better like You're, like I said, we were just not created to do life alone. So Mm -hmm. I love that you brought up community. That's why I come over every Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Really, we do. (laughs) Carson comes over and works at my house every Tuesday because it's just different when you're around other people. Well, and
1: that, you know, community, you're right. We need it. We were, we were, we are wired for community, Mm -hmm. but don't expect it. If you don't have it now, Don't expect it to appear overnight either. Like you may Mm -hmm. have to get uncomfortable and put yourself out there. Go to networking opportunities, Instagram that girl whose business you admire and introduce yourself. Like, it's not going to all fall into your lap mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like you're going to grow through it and you're really going to value the relationships that come from that all the more. So be willing to put yourself out there. If you Honestly,
2: to. we all met because we took, we did something scary. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Jessica, yeah, we did. Jessica and I met on a blind date <laughs> because, of Instagram. because of Instagram. Claire and I met because Claire had just moved here and I was hosting a women's movement and she, took a chance and came to that and yeah. Ellen and I met because be
1: intensive we
2: flew to Colorado business. and took a chance on a business intensive so that's
0: true go yeah.
2: meet strangers get mm-hmm. out of your
0: comfort zone that's the way that you're gonna meet people yeah, you can't true. expect just like Elsa they're not gonna just fall I mean maybe some of them will and that's yeah. awesome yeah but you can't expect that you can't just wallow in the fact that you feel like you don't have community you have to go be community if right. you want community you know I think that's the best note to end yeah. on yeah All right, y'all. We hope that this information was super valuable. We hope that it blessed you right where you're at. And we are so thankful that you just spent the last 45 minutes hanging out with us. I will make sure to link all of their information in the show notes of this episode so you can go and find them, be Instagram friends with them, and hire them for all of their wonderful services. All right, ladies, I will talk to you next week.